Hello and welcome back once again to the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. This is episode 35 and I'm your host as always, Patrick Vincent Crown, aka PVC. This week, myself and co-host and main man Jimmy Star, we're continuing our chat with Mr. Feathers and Glitter himself, the one and only Sassy Bear Clarence. This week, we chat more about his influences in wrestling and which wrestler he identified with as a teenager. The answer might surprise you. This is the last episode of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast before Christmas, so on behalf of myself, Jimmy, and all involved with Falling Star Wrestling from the top to the bottom, we just want to thank you so much for staying with us through these awkward and troubling times and helping us grow this podcast. We do this for ourselves as much as we do it for you, so seeing you guys come back each and every week and letting us know you're enjoying it is just magical. We're just following the guidance right now and trying to make sure that you are safe, our superstars are safe, and that each and every one is still around for when we can open those doors and start to entertain you wonderful people once again. Alright, that's enough soppy talk. Let's crack on with today's episode with the sassy bear Clarence. Clarence, um, can we talk a little bit about your influences for a second? Because when whenever I think of the Sassy Bear Clarence, there are quite a few wrestlers that come to mind. Now, I don't know whether these are sort of influences of yours, but obviously we touched on Adrian Street earlier. I get I get hints of, like you said, gold dust, maybe even Sting because of the way that you paint your face like old school Sting. And um, possibly maybe the, the move that you mentioned there, uh, sort of like a Dr. Death Steve Williams type thing. Are those people that kind of factored into your character or people that you enjoyed watching during watching wrestling? I'd say the two wrestlers that have probably been like the biggest influences on like, not just like Clarence, but just like as me as a wrestler, like me as a wrestler, Dr. S.D. Williams was always like a big influence in just like my style of wrestling as well as just like offense, such as the, um, the um, back into the corner to the power slam sort of move. Cause it was a move that is, mostly associated well pretty much associated with him as i struggled to think of anyone else that has ever done the move apart from himself so a lot of it was just the case of um i've always looked up with steve williams back in his days in like old school wcw as well as like um, all japan pro wrestling and i was just enamored with him like he was just he was like a big ass but he had like a presence to him that really drew me to him which was pretty cool and I think in terms of like the Clarence gimmick, Adrian Street is probably like a big influence uh, to the character, not just in terms of just like the look, but like as touched on earlier, like he starts off with like the sort of the, the flamboyance and the sort of the gimmick. And then as the match kicks in later, he gets more aggressive as shit hits the fan pretty much. I think, I think Dr. Death, Steve Williams, I think the reason he got over so much in Japan, especially is because they like tough, hard um sort of stiff looking wrestling and dr death steve williams was a legitimate hard bastard by all accounts he was a very 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 tough man so you know he's uh i can see you know and I, I didn't actually think of that until you said that um Shawnee, to be honest with you but i can i can definitely see it now it's sort of a, very similar yeah sort of definitely very similar build and that with the beard and the I know you got the the the, the mallet going on, but you know the, the the hair sort of thing. I can see a, I can and I can see a definite sort of similarity in in uh, in 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 look without the face paint on sort of thing. You're like a camp doctor, death. <laughs> 
I'll take that as an absolute compliment. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up, were you a sort of a big wrestling fan? Do you remember what you, you, the first sort of introduction you had to wrestling? Who sort of stood out to you as the, the larger than life superstars that kind of grabbed you when you were younger? Or did you just kind of stumble into it? Well, actually, um, I've always been like a huge fan of wrestling as a kid. Um, first match I ever actually watched was uh, British Bulldog versus Bret Hart, SummerSlam 92 in Wembley. Um, I remember, I want to say it was my dad that recorded it on VHS at the time. And I just remember just watching that match at the time as a kid being like, oh, there's a big British wrestler on like WWE. Oh, wow. I guess even the British can make it in WWE sort of thing. And that's just kind of what I got at, like as a kid. Uh, when watching David Boy Smith uh, in WWE. And I want to say there's, I think after that, I don't have much memory, particularly of the new generation era. But um, I think I got back into it when it was like the beginning of like the Attitude Era. So basically when like Austin was just becoming the top guy uh, of that company and they were getting more public views, mostly from like um, getting like a lot of like celebrities like Mike Tyson involved getting more eyes on the product, so to speak. And uh, from that point, it's just been sort of like religiously like watching uh, wrestling, particularly from like WWE. But then at the time, I'd also would browse like ECW and even WCW at the time. And, you know, it was just kind of like quite an experience just experiencing these three different promotions, vastly different from each other and just experiences as a little child at the time. And it was just amazing. It was great, wasn't it? I mean, I remember the sort of attitude there quite very well. I mean, I, I grew up, I'm old, so I when I was a kid, I grew up watching the tail end of World of Sport and then the, the, the Hogan era, you know, the Hulk Hogan era of the rock and wrestling type thing. And, you know, sort of that, that was my era, the sort of late 80s, early 90s of being a kid and being captured by it. And, uh, I remember SummerSlam 92 like it was yesterday watching that. My, my sister recorded that for me, actually, similar thing on VHS, just being blown away by that. But but also, it was such a good time for us, I think. I think we were so lucky um, in terms of the quality of wrestling we got to watch. I mean, I, I remember I used to watch, I used to um, watch the first um, hour of Nitro because that was all that was worth watching, really, because that was the Cruiserweights. Yeah, and then I'd end up watching the last hour of Raw because their main eventers were better than their undercard guys. Um, you know, Raw, but Raw was obviously a much more superior product, but I knew that once you got into the sort of second hour or third hour of, of Nitro, you were just watching sort of Hogan Ponce about it, you know? And I wasn't particularly interested in that then. I was just, I, I loved Austin and I loved fucking the you know just the whole feel of what they were doing but i also love the cruiserweights because i've never seen anything like it before you know i didn't watch um mexican wrestling or anything like that i was purely a sort of american or british wrestling watching fan i didn't i wasn't a tape trader or anything like that um and then when in ecw we've just we just recorded a couple of episodes on ecw and our favorite matches and stuff um, myself and shawnee got sort of taken in by that as well um, but what a great time to be a wrestling fan, eh? With three, you know, you just think of the wrestlers that that could have inspired us or have inspired us or not necessarily inspired us in our style, but just inspired us to get involved because the wrestling is so exciting, you know? 
And I think that's what wrestling is missing now, even with the crowd, even before all this COVID stuff. Missing that, that just that excitement and that cutting edge um, mentality to it because raw isn't raw anymore. It's slick as hell. Do you know what I mean? Most perfectly produced show in the universe, live show in the world. There's nothing raw about it. And, you know, but back in the day when Austin would just suddenly turn up in a fucking, um, what do you call it? Z- what are they called? Zambonis? Or I can't fucking. Turn up in a Zamboni and fucking just jump off of it and start clotheslining his boss like that's the bollocks. Like what 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 can you get? That isn't even a match. That's a skit, and it was just the it was just genius. It was just genius. So yeah, I think we were sort of lucky to grow up in that area. Who who do you think is your um and not necessarily someone who obviously you wrestle like um but someone who uh, who you enjoyed watching growing up, the wrestlers you enjoyed watching? Wow, okay. Um, so I know I previously mentioned um, British Bulldog from my early sort of like memory from WWE, but I think around about Attitude Era, as much as I really enjoyed people like Austin, Undertaker and The Rock, uh, Ken Shamrock was probably the one guy I just gravitated towards. And funny enough, it was because at the time, uh, as a kid, I did used to have like the odd, few anger problems there again and then next week i just see like this guy who is taking these anger issues but he's like turned them into like something that just made him more badass and everything like just the images of him just losing his shit just belly to belly super between refs left right and fucking center just <laughs> watching the guy just lose his nut was just like the greatest fucking thing a, a kid at my age at the time just would enjoy watching uh, not not only was he losing his nut he was at that point one of the most fucking legitimately dangerous human beings in the world. So <laughs> it is so much more cooler that you were watching this this psychopath who who had no fucking control over his temper, who was an ultimate fighting champion, just destroy everyone in his way. And that was that was that was his catchphrase, wasn't it? Get out of my way. <laughs> Bit that out. Yeah, I just it's, I always think with Shamrock that He's very undervalued. He was very, he's very underrated, but he wasn't in the promotion for that long, really, was he? And he did sort of two or three years stint, and he got out. Yeah, because yeah, I remember he was around, like, sort of, like, late 97. Um, his first ever wrestling, uh, wrestling appearance was he refed Stone Cold and Austin, didn't he? Uh, sorry, Austin and um, Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. And then he, I think he was, I know he was wrestling... Um, yeah, by sort of like mid to late '97, and he he was on by late '99, I think. Yeah, so it's sort of like sort of like very late '99 because I think he was in the middle of a feud with Chris Jericho before he left, anyway. Yeah, so she was in the corporation, wasn't he? It's a shame because they just I don't know. I he had a really good match. If you go back and 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 obviously throw throw matches out there for our fans to watch, if you haven't got much to do over this COVID period he did have a really good match with Shawn Michaels oh yeah um round you remember that round about the 90s late 97 I think I think it was a DX pay-per-view yeah yeah it was the degeneration X in your house pay-per-view yeah yeah and bearing in mind how sort of greeny must have been then I, I have seen it and through my memory yeah, I've really enjoyed it I'd have to watch it again just to remember it I think yeah go have a look at that one Shawn because I think uh I think I think you think you definitely like that. You know, like Shawn Michaels matches, full of action, full of oh, yeah. spots, full of cool, fast-paced stuff, but really good psychology as well. 
he made Shamrock look, like, look, look, look awesome in that way. Like, he really put over. What I think is quite an interesting point you raised there, Clarence, as well, is you said you kind of identified with Ken Shamrock because, you know, maybe when you were younger, you had anger issues. Um, for me, that is quite an interesting thing. So I think a lot of people don't really think about the influences wrestlers have on you because you, you feel like them. So, for instance, like for me, when I was sort of younger, sort of 15, 16, I was sort of very much into sort of like the rock music so like the darker or the more kind of like metal characters, I guess, kind of like yeah. I identify to them like your Chris Jericho's or people like kind of like Raven, who are sort of like kind of the, the outcasty type guys. And I always found that quite interesting. D- uh, did you have any of those kind of people, Jim? Um, uh, when I see when I was when I was um, young, I sort of had a little bit of what sort of uh, Clarice was talking about. I didn't have I didn't have um, depression, but I had very severe anxiety. So I I was always um, I, even though I was sort of an extrovert and I always was sort of I was the kind of guy at school who made people laugh and stuff like that. But inside I was very anxious and suffered ang- ang- with anxiety when I was very young. And I started training wrestling when I was very young, and that was that was for my anxiety. I thought if I can do this, I can do anything. But wrestling-wise, there were people that I looked up to and I wanted to be, um, but I don't think there was any wrestlers that I identified with because there wasn't too many wrestlers having anxiety attacks on Raw. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> there, wasn't too, there wasn't too many people popping valley and breathing in fucking brown bags, you know. So. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I think we just found our next superstar there. Yeah, can, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to next next person who comes through. That's their gimmick. But um, but yeah, I I I I I love. I just I love. I wanted to be them, but no, I could never see myself as them because I didn't have the confidence to see myself as them. As yeah, it wasn't until later in life, I suppose, that um, that I I maybe I maybe took influences from 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 some wrestlers, but they would have been probably more sort of like realistic wrestlers, like your ECW wrestlers, because they were the ones that I thought I could I could be. I didn't think I could ever look like The Rock or ever look like a lot of the guys. You know, I I, I just I just didn't believe I could until I started getting some confidence as things rolled merrily forward, and then you sort of think to yourself, actually, maybe I can. But so I, I, I can't really think of any. I can think of enjoying, like, obviously, like the more relatable wrestlers, like you say, like a Raven or like um, the Hardy Boys or like the Brood when they first came in, and people who who you think are small, but if you've ever met Gangrel, which I have several times, he's fucking huge. But in terms of WWE, he's small. Like guys like that. Um, actually, I tell you, I tell you, someone who did totally captivate me, and someone I thought that that, that as a wrestler, because he never looked particularly good. He didn't have a good physique. Um, he didn't do much, um, but he just had everyone by the balls. Was Jake the Snake? I do remember thinking that. Um, but then what ended up happening was was very early on in my career I met him and that was when he was at his sort of lowest ebb when he was over here and um that was it was that was that was there was some bad shit going on <clears throat> I don't want to spill any of his personal life out there but like there was some bad shit going on I saw some bad shit you know and, and since had some bad experiences with him in the wrestling ring 
And, you know, that, that unfortunately saw, you know, that's a never meet your heroes type scenario. Back in the day when I was just a fan and watching him, I, I did think I could be a guy like him. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just that, that sort of, you know, that, that cool, calm, collected, you know, sly, fucking, you know, doesn't look as good as everyone else, but just is a, had a killer move that just popped everyone. Like, he, 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 he captivated me in some way. So, yeah, maybe I could, maybe I could say Jada Snake in, in very early years, but like I say, anxiety problems plagued me through my sort of uh, uh, adolescence and, and, and uh, early, you know, early teens. Um, so I can't say that I ever felt uh, like I could be anyone really until, until I started training and then things, things got a little bit better. But so I can relate to the depression thing, you know, and having to for you, Clarence, and having to have that time off and stuff and, you know, to collect yourself because uh, the wrestling for me has always been a tool to contain my uh, mental issues, you know, but, um, or as an outlet, you know what I mean? Well, not, I suppose, contain or as an outlet, I don't know, but whatever wrestling does to me, it keeps me on and keel. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does the same for me, really. And, you know, I, I couldn't thank it enough, really. No, you, it's just, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, it, it it does take away a lot. It takes away a lot of your time. Physically, it takes a lot away from you. Mentally, it can take a lot away from you. You know, fucking driving to Scotland or fucking uh, jumping on a ferry to France or jumping on a plane to America or whatever. You know, a lot of time, a lot of effort. But when you sit down and think about it, it gives you so many rewards and so many memories. And it, and it, it makes you different from everyone else. And that's the thing that I like. And that might sound a bit egotistical, but I like, I love the fact that people know I'm a wrestler. I love that. Like, I don't, I, it's not something I hide. I don't fucking hide behind it. I love the fact that people know I'm a wrestler. I very rarely tell them. They find out themselves normally. Um, but I love the fact that people know I'm a wrestler. And, you know, not because I, I don't want, I want to be frightened of it, because it's just a constant talking point. You're different to them. What do they, you know what I mean? And it is, and again, it isn't me pissing on people living normal lives, but again, it's like, what do they do? It just makes that a little bit different, you know? So Clarence, uh, we spoke about you kind of getting into wrestling with the British Bulldog and then later relating to Ken Shamrock, then sort of starting your journey in professional wrestling, having a few sessions with uh, Sunset Skip. Do you recall when your first match was, who it was with, and do you remember how it went and how you felt about it? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a lot of questions there. Don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't include a rumble. Yeah. I, I, your, first, your first single was always tagged. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to remember. Uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, when was that tag match that I had at Falling Star? I'm trying to remember. Because I know there was a tag match I had there. I believe it was me and, I want to say Bucky Adams, but I can't tell if he was in, I know there was a point he had a different name. I think he was still Bucky, but I think he had like, a different surname, but I can't remember. Yeah, it might be. Uh, yeah, um, yeah but I, I, I know he's Bucky Adams now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think it was like me and Sledgehammer Betts at the time and Bucky Adams. And I think it was against uh, David Miles and oh, what's that kid's name? DC Flex, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, so I want to say that was around, I want to say September 2018, but I can't remember. But um, I remember 
a couple of things in that match. Um, so, I, well, I think the one thing I did remember was David Miles having like a bandage around his head during that match. Uh, I think in his words, he was trying to let sell the fact he had a concussion from like a, I don't know, something that happened before. And I just was just like, okay. <laughs> um, so I just kind of like left it at that. Um, I'll try, I'll try. Uh, I think the only other thing I can remember was like the finish, which, uh, spoiler alert, it was actually a bit of a botch, but I think we recovered it fine. Um, so what I was, was at the time, my finisher was like a pump handle sit out big ending. Um, and me and David uh, practiced the move before the show even started. and It went over fine. Um, during the match, I got him in the pump handle position, but then as I lifted up, we ended up in the tombstone position. And then deep in, and I'm thinking inside, oh, shit. And it was like we were right in front of a crowd as well. So I literally just like looked around. Um, I looked at the ref. Uh, then I was looking at David. And then I just thought, let's go for it. So I made sure to like grab him tightly enough so he didn't get dropped in his bloody head. Thankfully, he tucked on landing. But I think in the end, uh, the finish worked out all right in the end because, well, if you're a guy with a bandage over your head with a concussion, what better way to put him out than a tombstone? Sounds like, I, I tell you what it sounds like, mate. It sounds like you turned up. I had fuck all for you. Probably <laughs> and tossed you in some poor fucking match. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll put you on second and I'll, I'll have a look at your <laughs> I'm not sure quite what the story was. No, no, I, I mean, I'm not quite sure what the story was and how the match came about, but all I remember was I was informed of a Johnny Storm seminar that happened at West Lynn, uh, turned up for it because, well, it, it's Johnny fucking Storm. Like, where else are you going to get trained by, you know, a legend like Johnny Storm? So I did the seminar with him, and I think that's when I remember you approached me and asked what my work name was, which was at the time, Sir Betts. And then from there, I think you just went out, planned matches, and that ended up being the match that I was in, which, not complaining, but it was just one of those things, you know, we all start somewhere, as the saying goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have to say, I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to put myself over, but I like to give people a chance. If you've come all that way and you've paid for the seminar and you've obviously got a lot out of Johnny Storm uh, you know, and you're there and you've got your gear I, I find it really hard and you know this is my fucking weak spot to turn people away because I have there has you know you can sometimes make make bad choices but I do watch the seminars I see who's competent and who could get through um, I sometimes just because I have matches and storylines going on in Fallen Star Wrestling, and if someone just turns up, I can't instantly pull a storyline out my ass. So I just have to, I just have to normally have a match that's a bit of a throwaway match, and you know, see how it goes, see who gets over out of it, and then pluck them out, and then carry on with them. You know, and you were obviously one of the guys who I must have noticed. Um, because you know, if it was really that bad and you were really that bad, I wouldn't have put you back in the ring again. I would have, I would have either helped help train you myself, or say you need a little bit more training wherever you need to go, wherever wherever you are, you know. And you know, come back and we'll we'll find something for you. But you know, I I I, I do. I am a bit soft with that. I do sometimes put people in the ring who aren't quite ready. But I think you were 
must have been the shining example in that match because you've sort of wrestled for us on most shows ever since, haven't you? I think whenever I'm available, I'd always like, you know, make myself available, particularly for Fully Star, because it, it's become like, you know, just another home for me, really. Like, I mean, UBW will be my first time, but Falling Star is just a really nice uh, second or third home, really, for me. And, you know, I'm always happy to, you know, come down to you guys, um, you know, put put on a hell of a show, well, put on a hell of a match for the crowd there. I mean, the crowd is grand as it is. I can't complain about them. Yeah, that's the thing. We are lucky with Falling Star. We've managed to, we've got a, we've got a good core group of, of, of fans. We've got a decent fan base who follow us around. So we always have at least sort of, you know, 70, 80 people who know what's going on. So the other 70, 80 people who turn up, um, you know, know, like, sort of go along for the ride. Have you ever wrestled on a Lynn sport yet? Uh, yes. Um, I had a singles match with Smashing Mike at Lynn sport. Yes. Oh, good. Good. How did you find that? Because that's sort of our, our biggest shows. Like, that's one of well, that, that's that, that's about that's as big as sort of Fallen Saracen gets at the moment. Did you was that experience? I mean, um, I think just the, the size of the crowd really just kind of like uplifted me a bit and really just gave like this sort of like really good sort of energy lean up to the match. Um, I think the only thing me and Mike were kind of bummed about really was I think we ended up having to like cut a match short because I think one of the matches before then went a bit over their time. Uh, I know that, you, Jim, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, it, it, it <laughs> Well, it was, I don't know. I know there was the triple threat between uh, CW Davis, PVC and Furio, but again, I I don't know. Um, oh, we definitely went over. If I hadn't have fucking given you some sort of time, you'd still be going now. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been still on the, laying on the table on what the floor, yeah. splattered. Uh, but, um, I, I remember at, at the time we were both like kind of bumping, you know, shit, we've lost a bit of time. But then we just kind of like just put our heads together and thought, right, let's find at least some way to make this match work. Cause I wouldn't say we had like a shitload of things planned. I think we had like a good, usually I hate planning the matches too much personally. I don't know. It's just this, a little pet peeve I've always had is when you're basically having a match with a guy and then I don't know what it is. It's like, there'd be some people where they give you like, not like trying to like bury anyone or anything, but there'd be like some cases where people would just like try plan like every single solitary second of the match. And like, we don't need to do that. Just, plan the main spots and whatever happens, happens. Like obviously something I've always like prided, particularly with matches is, you know, you see the whole card of the matches and deep down I'm thinking, how can I make that be different to all the other matches on the card? Like it didn't matter which position I'd be in. I'd always like try to think of ways, you know, just to make the match not look too samey, samey as like the other matches in terms of like how it starts and everything. But I feel like me and Mike, you know, what we did with the time you know, we did pretty pretty decently, in all honesty. Um, we did have a couple of good memories in that match, absolutely. And yeah, I, I just really enjoyed like working, particularly in Linsport, because it was such a big crowd. And I know it just gave me like this sort of like, I try to get the word of it. It was like this new bit of energy, which, you know, I'm not dissing like any other crowds. Any crowds, you know, great. But it was just something about Linsport that just really injected this sort of like extra energy in me, which really like, you know, got me buzzing. Lynn Sport is Lynn, Lynn Sport, and funny enough, West Lynn actually, even though it's a smaller crowd, they they can make even me believe that what I'm doing is real. Do you know what I mean? Like they make they make they give you that that sort of boost of emotion. You know that that makes you that, that when you come out of it, 
when you sort of get backstage or whatever, you've sort of got the, you know, the adrenaline shakes and sort of that, you know, you think to yourself, fuck, that was cool. Do you know what I mean? Like if you get, get it right and have a, have a, have a really good match that the, that the crowd enjoy, you get the, the adrenaline shakes and stuff. And, you know, they, they, you know, cause, cause it's just, just so loud in there. And, um, obviously we, we put uh, quite a lot of effort into the production. Uh, and the thought of those shows and obviously it's normally a culmination of storylines as well um you know the crowd are normally really up for it it's uh yeah yeah it's a lot of cool lin sport moments there's uh maybe we'll do a podcast down the line of uh lin sport moments we can remember surely because uh we're, there's, there's been some cool cool times down there and uh There'll be more. There'll be many, many more. But um, the, yeah, the last show we had, I have to say, especially, um, and I'm not including my match. My match was just a, a throwaway match, the same as, as, as you know, the same as you know, some matches are. Some matches are just, just you know, transitional matches. You got to have your main event, and you got to have your semi-main, and you got to have your start, and then you know, your second and fifth match are, are what they are. You know, you can still have a court match, but. They're not going to be. You can't overtake. You know, you can't take over the the main event because in the end, it just becomes a you know one-upsmanship, and the crowd leave bummed out and tired. You know, so you know my match was just a. I think it was just a Johnny Fourth tag match. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, over in ten minutes, the job done. Me and Crowley won the titles, or Crowley won the titles. Back we went, job done. You know, that wasn't particularly satisfying for me, but what was satisfying was watching. You know, Sean and CW's and uh, Furio's match. You know that was really cool, and um, watching Jane Scar win the title like genuinely fucking was an emotional, you know, emotional evening. Um, you know, and uh, just, 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 just the atmosphere in Linsport. There is something, there's something exceptionally special about it. I don't think Linsport likes us very much because we always destroy their. Uh, destroy their courts or whatever where there's always claret everywhere and fucking <laughs> beer and piss and you know, turn it into the ECW arena for one night but um, obviously make money out of it so they keep letting us do it but you know uh, Linsport is is something special and that that's what we sort of call our Wrestlemania so if you've been on a Linsport you've, even even if it was for a, a 10 minute match with Smash and Mike or whatever it's uh, that's definitely a, uh, a, a step in the right direction because, you know, I wouldn't have put you on that unless I thought, you know, even even for a 30-second match, I wouldn't have put you on that if I didn't think that you could you could put it off, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'd watch a, a Sassy Bear versus Smashing Mike match any day of the week and especially at Linsport, you know, it's just got that extra, extra little bit of oomph in it. Um, just to kind of wrap things up as a kind of final question and then we can kind of... Um, sort of um, head off into the distance. Um, slightly non-wrestling related, but um, could you tell the fans something that would surprise them about you? Something different, something that they might not know, something maybe not uh, linked to wrestling? Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think. That's a really good question, actually. I'm, tr- I'm literally just trying to think. Um, I'm, I'm <laughs> you play guitar? You play uh, guitar? <laughs> well, actually, now that you say that, um, I don't play guitar, but I did used to be a drummer. Ah, uh, what in a band? Uh, yeah, we uh, well, we didn't quite exactly get off the ground, but we, it was like a sort of a an independent sort of band that I was kind of like part of as like a drummer, and you know, it was a pretty cool little um skill to learn with drumming. Like, 
really kind of like helps with like a lot of rhythm and stuff like that. And you know, it was it was a good little pastime. Right, sweet. Oh, there you go. And and just one final question. Um, I, I I've added this one, and I'm gonna add it on to future for this podcast. And it's just a yes or no answer um, to, to to the question, so it shouldn't run over time. Um, do you have a big dick? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't run this by me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Um, yes or no answer <laughs> uh, not, not, not to toot my own horn but yes <laughs> oh, I'm only fucking about go on uh, that, was, <laughs> that was awesome Clarence thank you very much for thank you very much it's actually been really interesting talking to you and um Finding out a little bit more about the your you know your, your your start you know how you started and oh yeah and uh, who trained you and stuff like that and uh, a little bit a bit insight into your personal life so thanks for being so candid I think that's uh, yeah uh, been a uh, uh, a very insightful uh, little shoot interview and I think our fans will enjoy it don't you Shawnee? I most certainly would, Jimmy, and I hope each and everyone out there has enjoyed our candid conversation with the Sassy Bear Clarence. You can go ahead and find him on Facebook at Sassy Bear Clarence and on Instagram at Clarence Sassy. Go and wish him a Merry Christmas and tell him how much you miss him. You can also do the same to us. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Falling Star Wrestling. Hi, I'm there too, at PVC Pro Wrestler. And you can find the main man, the big boss, Jimmy Star, on Facebook at Jimmy Star Wrestler. Once again, thank you so much for checking out the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. If you're new, welcome along, and you want to help support the show, you can share this podcast with your friends, you can subscribe to the podcast on all the usual podcast platforms, and you can leave us a shining review. These all help out so much and give us a reason to carry on. So, with all that out of the way, Merry Christmas from Falling Star Wrestling, and we hope to see you next time for another edition of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.